If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, at Live on Four Legs Podcast, and on Twitter, at Live on Four Legs Pod. I was going to say this one to later, but since we're on the subject, I, 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 I was told by a, a local guy today, because uh, I didn't, he said, you know what the N on the helmet stands for? Knowledge. Glad you like that joke, it cost me $20. <laughs> and away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking Cameron in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and this week we are back to 2014 last week we did a little bit of the hometown series and now we go back to working with some of the patron episodes that we're going to do we're going to have a lot this month I think the rest of February is all going to be patreon episodes so that should be a lot of fun we're going to hear a lot of stories especially today 2014 Lincoln, Nebraska. That's probably a show that's not in your guys' minds because when you think 2014, you think Moline, you think Milwaukee, maybe some of you think Detroit, maybe some of you, uh, for me and John, we both went to the Memphis show, so those can be on our mind. But Lincoln, Nebraska, never, ever, ever was on my mind before it was requested for this show, and that's why we're here. We're here to learn and we're here to appreciate no matter what shape or form or show it is so without further ado randy sobel over here john farr over there hello good evening sir i i just want to address something before we uh introduce our guest i i just kind of want to pat ourselves on the back real quick um congratulations we have gotten 100,000 downloads of, of the show oh nice i've realized yeah i went through and i looked at our our statistics and uh I, it was not something that I ever really paid attention to, and it just said one, 101 downloads, and it, it, obviously it's 101K, it said 101,000, so I'm like, oh, okay, that that's cool, that means that's not 101 people, that's just accumulated episodes so that that's i mean that's that's a great benchmark though and it, it shows that in just about two and a half years we're headed in the right direction for sure absolutely thanks to everybody who listens yeah that's what i always say you know whether you listen once or whether you listen every week we appreciate it absolutely 
Yeah, and and sometimes you can see with the stats uh, that people that subscribe are downloading everything at once. So it's just crazy to see, like, okay, all the older episodes, like episode five and episode nine and whatever we did back in 2018, 2019, early, early those days are still being downloaded and still being listened to. I, I do talk to people sometimes that say, hey, I, got, I, I heard you, especially last week for Drop in the Park, they said, I, I heard you were doing Drop in the Park. I, I have to break off of, like, uh, the Reading Festival. People are still going back and they want to listen to the shows. I just want to thank those people because that a, that's awesome. And B like that shows that you're dedicated to what we're doing. And, uh, you know, yeah. this is all evergreen. The stories don't change. So it's, yeah, it's right. great. Yeah. It's great. But today, uh, we are going to focus on Lincoln, Nebraska. Like I said, uh, when you think of Nebraska, what do you think, John? Uh, farmland, the I little think- league world series. Football. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think flyover state usually, if anything. They, um, there's there's a uh, there's an album by a certain uh, uh, mentor oh, that uh, yeah that maybe comes to mind. We will get into that later. Yeah, possibly. I think uh, I think that could uh, come into play. When I think Nebraska and Pearl Jam, things don't usually register. And I went back and I looked at the history on it. It had been. Oh, do the math. What is it? Twenty-two years since they had been back to Nebraska. They they were there in '91. They went to Omaha, kind mm-hmm. of in that like October-ish tour, like really when they were starting to to push the album and people were just starting to get to know know them a little bit. And then they went back to Omaha right before they went on that big European tour, uh, like around the time. It seemed like that that we were talking about last week that they were going to do that gaswork show, so that yeah. like May two, 1992, hmm. never even sniffed the area, never went back, nothing like that. And uh, 2014, there they are, Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, what can I say? Like that's just what they do. They want to show up to to every single city that they can to get every fan that loves them the chance to experience them. Yeah, they they've never really done that tour where you start in Texas and you just go straight up. Mm. Like I think they did Austin and Memphis. Um the, there was a yeah, then to Lincoln and up through before Smoline and Detroit. They started and, in Cincinnati. They went Cincinnati to St. Louis for this hmm. one, I think. Yeah, so just all straight in the middle there. That they I don't think they'd ever done that before. No, yeah, it, it's weird. They usually start like all completely up in the west or like yeah they, you know, they, they had done the east coast leg in 2013 and then the west coast leg in 2013 so right. this was kind of filling in the gaps of, of that 2013 tour right starting in pittsburgh for that one and i can't remember i think i think the west coast tour might have started in dallas if i'm not mistaken so they went yeah kind of like what you're talking about yeah. dallas through oklahoma mm-hmm. so I, I hate to have this conversation and not bring our guest in because that 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 is awfully rude of us. But I'm going to introduce him in now. Uh, introducing to the show, you've heard his voice before if you listen to our deprogrammed episode. He was one of the voices. He was one of the trashy six, and we invite him back because he has requested this uh, this show, and we make good on our our promises. So here he is, Curtis Ames. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, welcome. welcome. Thank you for having me, boys. Hey, yeah, this so, uh, this should be a good time, my friend. We're we're in my wheelhouse here. Um, to to clarify, this 
2014 tour, there was two trips to Austin city limits. Mm, right. And so it was kind of like a little bit of a spiral around the heartland. Very cool to have them hit Lincoln, but I think it was just between Austin, Texas and Detroit. Let's find two shows. So they did Tulsa and they did Lincoln. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want and- to clarify just about me. Yeah. The, um, I am a heartland guy, but I'm definitely not a Nebraska guy. Um, I'm in Eastern Iowa and absolutely positively do not claim Nebraska. Um, <laughs> that area of the country west, west of Des Moines uh, is a little culturally different than what we have over here. I'll be politically correct about that part of it. Um, this tour is, I freaked out. Um, I went to Philly in 2013 and did both nights there um, thinking that would kind of maybe be it for a little while. So when they announced this, I think it was early in the year in 14, I, I, I freaked out. I didn't think I had enough time to decide which shows or how many um, like I, without driving more than five hours, I could have conceivably gone to six shows. So it was, trying to figure out which which ones to go to. So I ended up going to three. Um, chronologically, it went Lincoln and then Moline. And then I went up to St. Paul. So Moline was definitely the priority for me. Just that's the closest by far. That's mm, 75 miles from my home. That's and terrible. far and away, the closest the band's ever played to where... I live. So that, that was a top priority. Obviously that worked out. Um, it ended up being a pretty okay show. These other two. Yeah. Uh, no regrets. So I do, and we'll get to it when we get there, but, um, the only time I've ever booed Pearl Jam. Whoa. So a little teaser there. We'll get, we'll get to that later. Interesting. So that's a wrinkle that I didn't expect from this. I thought you were like, okay, I want to pitch this show because I got some good stories and you know, it's something you guys usually kind of hit East coast and big, bigger shows or bigger areas. So I thought, okay, if if that's the move he wants to play here, no, you, you, okay. There's something, there's something to tee up here. There's something to look forward to in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Very, very glad to uh, address the East Coast and West Coast bias here on this show and everywhere. There's not too much West Coast bias. <laughs> there's, there's Pearl Jam's hometown, and that's about it. Yeah. Very, very proud to be the one representing this Heartland tour. Very, very excited that they had such a big loop all around me, and definitely wouldn't trade it for for anything. I really hemmed and hawed and changed which shows I was prioritizing. Wouldn't trade it for anything. So you said this was the first one you went to chronologically. Um, walk us through the, uh, the day and getting there. Like what, what kind of seats did you have? Who did, who did you go with? Walk us through kind of the anticipation of that day. Up until this point, my tour buddy had been my wife. And between getting rained on pretty heavily on night one, a Pearl Jam 20 and um, Wrigley 2013, uh, she went into semi-retirement. Even for arena shows? Even for arena shows. Wow. The, um, I think all these were weeknights. 
and I we actually drove and stayed the night in Council Bluffs. So Abby was retired, and two of my buddies from work, who we've become extremely close since then. Um, I had my two pairs of tickets through the 10 club. One of them was my buddy Lee, and he went to Lincoln with me. And my other buddy, Cody, he went to Moline with me. And they were just learning about the band a little bit at the time. So I had the pleasure of introducing them to Live Pearl Jam for this trip. And one got the the better experience than the other, obviously. Um, I think I think they both had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, okay. Moline, obviously a bigger deal in the benefit of hindsight, but I don't know. I think this honestly might be a better first show for somebody. I was going to say this is a good starter kit kind of show, especially in the encore. You get a lot of notable known songs that like back to back to back to back. You're like, these are all hits. This is fantastic. A lot, lot of hits, a um, lot of recognizable songs played pretty straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Any other stories about the day that you want to get into, or should we just jump into the set? Like, what, I, here's the problem about 2014 is that historically we're almost seven years into that. That's kind of crazy to say, but I mean, like when you look back on the Lightning Bolt tour, what's there to say aside from they were promoting Lightning Bolt? It's not like uh, 2003 or 1995 where there were things going on with the band. This was a fairly neutral time where people, you know, they toured almost every year and people were celebrating them. So there's not really much to say. No, um, Lightning Bolt era is not really that kind of a thing where like there's some big spectacular story or some wacky event, you know, we're, it's pretty straightforward. Like there's, they're not in the news for some controversy. Um, the album came out a year before and, they did a couple loops, and here's the third loop here. So songs are still pretty pretty new to us here. Yeah, for sure. And if if those Philadelphia shows were the only ones that you did in 2013, then you know, you're still waiting for a lot of those Lightning Bolt songs for sure, for sure. All right. Speaking of Lightning Bolt, how do we start this show the same way that almost every single Lightning Bolt tour show starts with? And you get the little eerie kind of keyboard sound coming in. And Mike, you kind of hear him with the bow. And they go into this version of Pendulum. Can't know what's high Till you've been out so long The future's bright All get on haven't done pendulum in some time but this is uh this is a pretty solid solid version because you get ed in the middle that easy left me a long time ago and he hits that note and he holds it for what feels like that whole part that mike is kind of doing his thing on and then you have the added 
Jeff's backup vocals in that, which honestly, out of all the times that I've seen Pendulum, which is probably like six or seven throughout all those shows that happened those years, I don't remember a time where it, where Jeff was singing backup vocals like that. So. Yeah, I think it's cool the way they layered it together. Definitely heavy Ed belting it out. Yeah, I kind of knew we were in for something that he had that much gas in the tank vocally too is what I was thinking. The other thing, I'd seen the song before, the year before, but I didn't realize Mike was playing it with a bow. We had very good seats on Mike's side. I think we were maybe six or eight rows up, one section over. So I had an excellent view of Mike. And yeah, I kind of had my mind blown a little bit. I had no idea uh, he was playing it with a bow and kind of seeing him like float around in the dark a little bit and Ed hitting that note hard. Yeah, it really set the tone for me. I was very fired up. Those are those are great seats to have. If, you're, if you got the good view of Mike, that's where you want to be. Uh, yeah, I think by 2014, they had kind of fine-tuned Pendulum a little bit. I think at first they they didn't really know what to do with it other than just kind of play it straight and I think playing it almost every night like you mentioned in 2013 really they really got comfortable with it and by this time like yeah bring it back for this little mini mini run here in 2014 and yeah they're they're totally comfortable with it they can totally play around with it and do some different things and it was kind of low-key like it's it doesn't have the kind of emotional intensity that like a long road or a release does but it's just kind of a low-key way to kind of like ease into the show and yeah I like also, you know, you're getting two other perennial opener or perennial opener section songs that are coming right after. It doesn't need that emotional attachment. It's kind of like the subtle way of easing you into the emotional attachment because you follow up, you get uh, sometimes going into Nothing Man. And I, I really, for these, I thought that sometimes was spectacular. And this is not a song that I usually think live is like gonna blow me away, but this version came really, really close. Maybe on another listen, I'm gonna enjoy it much more than I actually did. Like he's just shattering those vocals when he keeps running down. Sometimes I know, sometimes it feels like he's shattering during this point. So he's kind of he's building off that momentum that he had off Pendulum, and he knows he's got a lot in the tank, like you said. And it feels like he brings it into sometimes. And even at the end, you hear that they extend that jam a little bit. They usually don't extend it that much. I wonder. I really wonder if this kind of kick the gears in to make them think, hey, maybe we can do No Code in full at some point. I, I don't know if that's, maybe it's a trigger, but this version is, is really good to make one think, let's, let's tackle the whole entire album. 
Yeah, absolutely. The um, this is six days before Moline, and just to kind of get all the information from Ed on that. When did he decide that? Could it have been when this song sounded so good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I this version of it, the the word that comes to my mind is very full. Like it's, you know, in my mind, it's uh, like from the 2000 tour and. This is a little, he plays a little bit bigger, right? Yeah, it feels a little more theatrical for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and you get you get Jeff on the upright bass early on too. I thought that was, sounded really good. And I even think that, I even think that they had Moline in their back pocket at this point. I think this is, this is probably practice because you get three no code songs in this set. Mm-hmm. I think that they're already starting to kind of like run through some stuff and, like I said, I think see see what needs some work and see what they need to sound check. But I think they they were already kind of planting the seeds for that here. Definitely. I wonder because there are three songs at the show played off another kind of obscure album. I wonder if they were kind of back and forth between the two. Could be. Yeah, I thought about so, that too. Yeah, something to to discuss. Nothing, man. Following up sometimes again, like great back to back. And I, I thought the the standout from Nothing Man was just Boom getting his section to kind of shine in the she don't want him, she don't need him part. Like it kind of made a really nice bridge for Ed to connect with the audience and and kind of get sort of a a backdrop to him. And I I feel like you felt Boom in that version more uh, than you usually do for other Nothing Men. Yeah, that for me it was Mike. You know, doing the end of the sun, like he's, he's, you know, he doesn't have a lot to do in this song. It's not a song with an epic solo or anything. But he's just reaching up into the sky during that into the sun part, really getting the crowd into it. And the the, the crowd sounds great on this. It's really their first chance to kind of let loose with a sing along after those first two. So yeah, the crowd sounds great on this. I yeah, agreed. Like I was, it's you know, you want to say, is it a Nebraska crowd? Well, of course it is. That's that's where they are, but. You know, this sounds like a crowd that can go toe to toe with other crowds that you expect to be like this. Um, I don't know about uh, Eastern Nebraska, but Nothing Man did get a little bit of radio play on our rock stations. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying what you're saying is they're they're just they're just following the hits here. Who, who, I, I I guess I can't say for sure. It's a great start to the set and uh, kind of eases you in. And nothing like Wash, nothing nothing really rare, but it primes you. It primes you for what's about to come. And Ed kind of, you know, before getting into the to the meat and potatoes of this early set, he addresses everything and he says, good evening, let's see everybody, because we haven't seen you guys ever. Mentions a lot of artists have actually played in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Rod Stewart, Katy Perry, and James Taylor and he's like, but this needs to get broken in a little bit. We're, we need to rattle the boat. So hang on. Let's let's start. Let's really start this show. And that gets you a little section here. I like to call this the this is the going away section. Uh, go into why go into getaway that really kind of fires you up and starts. And, and go really feels like, okay, you, you kind of get a speech and, you, and you're ready to rev up. Go was a really good choice to come out of that. The transition from Go into Why Go was perfect. Uh, powerful McCready stuff in Go, like really great version of this. And yeah, McCready already feels like he's at the top of this game. They're both Go and Why Go. I really, really like both of these for Mike. Yeah, very, very good night for Mike. And this was kind of where we were off to a hot start. The gonna do three ballads and then take time out to talk. You really, you really got to punch him in the mouth. 
Um, and Go Go is an excellent choice. The the light show is a little bit dark. It was just like a lot of flashing reds. Holy cow, it was intense. Um, why Go? All like maybe this is just from spending so many years just exclusively listening to the 2000 tour, but Why Go still feels like kind of a rare song to me. So I guess that makes sense if you're if you're paying attention to the binaural right Right. Yeah, when you only listen to the era where they never played it. Gosh, it sure is rare, right? <laughs> um, it's always fired up. The drums there, like, I'm close enough where like, that drum beat at the beginning, I kind of feel it in my chest. Certainly my section, and we'll, we'll talk about this more as it goes on, but the section I was in was extremely loud for that part of it. So, yeah, we were very fired up. Yeah, very cool. And speaking of the 2000s, you get Mike doing a little spacey intro guitar stuff on the go. That was very cool, but... Did you guys notice, like, I, I want to shout out Ed, that we, we talk about this setless construction. Look at the first six songs on this for a town that they've never played in to come out and do new song, then go in reverse, no code, Vitalogy, versus 10, then another Lightning Bolt song. That's got to be on purpose to give these people kind of a, a taste of the, the early years because they've never played there before. I think that's that was perfect and a really nice touch at the beginning of this set to, to kind of highlight each of those early albums for these people who've never seen them before in this, in this town. I thought that was very, very well done. The whole show, and specifically in the, this front end of it, no matter what your favorite is, you get a little taste of it, right? Exactly, yeah. You get some rare albums, except for three no-code songs, three binaural songs. I think almost every album is hit. Riot Act is hit. Uh, maybe Avocado's not hit, but it's still, you get you kind of spread the darts a little bit. This doesn't feel like they made it specifically for somewhere that needs a hit show, that's for sure. And especially the, the Lightning Bolt song that you're getting right here after all of these is Getaway. And uh, when was the last time that we covered Getaway? Oh, I don't want to guess because it's been a very long time, I'm sure. They don't play Getaway very often. No, they don't. They've only played it. I, let me get the numbers up. I think 16, 16 times total. 16, yeah. This is Song Appreciation Week for Getaway. good vibes here all good feelings uh, I, I thought honestly this might have been the best live version that I've heard of this song I, I, I think 
maybe the more and more I hear it, I like it better live. And and I don't know, I've heard some version from 2016, and I'm like, okay, maybe not so much, but I, I, I feel like they had it here. I feel like this was pretty close. Yeah, absolutely. This is not a song that they have their arms around in general, um, but this is way, way far and away the closest to having it figured out, I think. Of the 16 times it maybe played it in three different keys, it feels like. Um, yeah. I like I like the tempo here. I feel like maybe it is a little bit higher, closer to the album, because they felt maybe like that day Ed could pull it off. In general, not my favorite, but I know we're being very positive here, so. We're trying um, to. Yeah, this is, this is an outstanding version of it, and this is honestly on the extremely short list of songs where I think the album version is better than what they do with it live, but uh, absolutely positively pulled it off here. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's one that they've never, like I said, they've never been able to really nail it. It doesn't feel like, and I think that's probably why it's it's kind of been dropped in the last couple of years. You don't see it nearly as much as, as you did even even back then, and it hasn't had a long history to begin with. But, you know, I've, I've like, talked about Charlotte. I saw the, the first time they ever played it, and it was a little rough, but it could be such a cool moment when it kicks in at the end there and the song kind of goes into overdrive. I feel like that could be a that could be something if they had really stuck with it and tried to nail it could have been turned into something pretty cool. But yeah, not one that gets talked about very often. But you know, it, it's it's a leadoff track and those always get highlighted. This is kind of like the exception to the rule where like the leadoff track doesn't really doesn't really stick around and doesn't really get a highlighted feature in the set. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't until that Charlotte show that they actually played it. That was like 15 or 16 shows yeah. on that East, East Coast leg where, you know, they just completely ignored it. For the performance-wise, I, I thought they really pulled it off here. Yeah, good version, and I have to agree, better album song than it is live. However, this this version makes you think that, okay, this this had potential back then. I don't think they ever went back to the way that this sounded, but... It still has, it, if there's potential, that potential could be tapped again. So we shall see. Right after Getaway, you kind of get the whammy bar tease, and you love the whammy bar tease because everybody has a sense of what it is. You, you feel that pop. You feel that pop from the crowd right after they hear that, and they're like, oh, I know this. I know this. And Corduroy is, is fantastic. One to put kind of in the middle of your set. And really, you know, you need it for this section to kind of close off and then the section is is going to take a an interesting turn after this so this was this is kind of a good ending point for that absolutely corduroy always good i actually felt like this one was kind of missing something at the beginning i don't know if it was just a guitar tone or something but it felt like it didn't really have that kind of spark in the in the first half of it that it normally has but it did pick up at the end i think when you know when cameron kicks in and mike kicks in it it kind of they kind of picked it back up to to where it needed to be but i was i was kind of you know you, you wanted to have that kind of tension to it and this one just didn't have that i think in the beginning but i think this is this is the part where you know they they, they kind of like woke up a little bit and the, this this main set gets really good from here on out the thing i noticed at this point uh, ed's wearing a new dragon shirt got me to to think oh well i thought new dragons was kind of a recent-ish thing because they had changed their their instagram and twitter accounts to new dragons you know the, the remaining sound members and then i realized that kind of like the piss bottle men 
they Soundgarden had played some secret shows under the new Dragon's name because it happens to be an anagram. So, the more you know. But that, I, I think it's cool that it is actually wearing a new Dragon shirt here. Uh, but yeah, you've you've captured the attention of your audience. They're in. They're locked. And uh, now you have Ed kind of, he's going to play up the hometown crowd. So right afterwards, he's going to grab something from a crowd member. It's a Cornhuskers jersey that has the number 10 and Vetter written on the back. And he said, this is for the end of the night when I turn into a matador. And he starts kind of swinging it like uh, like a bullfighter a little bit. And uh, speaking of the color red, and that's all that's associated with it. This is a great building. But the building and the castle where the football team plays is pretty intense. When the bus pulls up and, and the opposing team makes their way there, you can almost hear a bus full of football players and their balls shrinking, whatever sound that is. I'm going to guess that because the stadium is so imposing, because the fans are so imposing, they, they you know bust out the red jerseys and all that. I, 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 that's That's got to be a thing. I don't yeah, know. I didn't, ca- I didn't care for that. Well, well you also care. you're also same division, right? The same conference. Yeah, we're the, as yeah, as an Iowa Hawkeye fan, I didn't care for that. Was this talking it? about the talk, this? This is it. When he says okay. the, the ball shrinking, I, I didn't care for that. So that was uh, there was a boo for me there. Um, That's fair. My, I thought you were gonna boo a song. And, no, no. Oh, I would never boo. A, there's no boo for these songs. There's uh, he just hates the Beatles. Right. Well. <laughs> We'll get to that. (laughs) He dovetailed into there from the N on the helmet is for knowledge, which is absolutely a joke that we, uh, we say here in Iowa and have been hearing since I was a kid. So there was a make good on saying that the opposing team's balls shrink. So Ed and I, we, we were okay after that. (laughs) It can only last for so long. Uh, he says the joke cost me 20 bucks and the next song is dedicated to my uncle Johnny who couldn't be here tonight. Whenever he says uncle Johnny, I'm thinking that is a dedication to Johnny Ramone because this is that, you know, light years has the context to it. And I want to say that Johnny had passed about 10 years to the date around that time. So maybe it was September or October of 2004. This is around the 10 year anniversary. So I'm wondering if, if he's on his mind, which usually he is when he's shouting out Johnny. So this section right here is light years, mind your manners, sirens. Light years is great. I thought like, especially the thing that just popped to me, Ed, Ed in the final court is just kind of belting that, Oh, I need you here. Like that was a really cool moment to me. Um, there's just something about, these songs back to back to back, it feels like they kind of were trying to get minor manners in the set somewhere because it's the, you know, it's the, the single of the album, so to speak, and it couldn't fit anywhere else. So they needed to just slide it in and it didn't quite fit. It kind of, when you think of the set and there, there's just some shows and some songs that I kind of forget that songs were played at certain shows. And I would have, probably if I had gone to the show, I probably would have forgotten that minor manners was even played because it's just not, you know, unless it's part of like the starting four or five, especially in the middle of sandwiched in between these two, it's not, it's not that notable. Strongly agreed. Um, Light years into sirens into present tense is like a hell of a run. And it feels like, 
this is in the way of that. <laughs> Mind Your Manners is one that it's never really been a moment at a show. Like it's, it's what, two minutes, two and a half minutes. It kind of comes and goes and like, it's, yeah, I mean, there, it's a chance for McCready to show off and then we're kind of getting to the mid set McCready section here. So that, that was, that was my thought behind it. But yeah, it's, it's never really going to be a, a highlight or a benchmark of a set. It's always just kind of either leading up to something or coming off of something. Yeah. It, they're, they all are the same. Like you yeah. can't ever really differentiate which one version from the other, which is not like a criticism, but where they have it here is not a showcase for it. It's just kind of there. Yeah. It, like I said before, I think it, they feel the need to add it in because it's the song that they've been promoting with this album tour. And because they had such a solid top seven, it didn't fit in there. So it needed to fit somewhere else in the main set and uh small, small blip, but it's just something. Uh Sirens was great though. I, I think Sirens had a lot of momentum and kind of, it put the crowd in the mood. It felt like they were trying to set a certain mood. And again, like you said, Sirens going into present tense is very, very strong very good especially the way you come out of present tense it all flows together very nicely and i really liked that ending the extension on it where you know they keep going and they do the peter frampton tag uh baby i love your way and like this is i don't know why they haven't done legit tags with sirens more often it kind of has that same they could do like a we belong together kind of tag like black it doesn't have to be a modern girl it doesn't have to be you know any of the daughter tags it could just be like one line of something and that's all you need from it very simple Of, of Wishlist, like I, I think of Sirens mm-hmm. and Wishlist in the same kind of uh, type of Pearl Jam song. I think, yeah, the, the little, I call it the Sirens reprise, like the little acoustic part where it has everybody singing along. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's that adds a lot to the song. The the Peter Frampton line was a little strange, but sure, okay. You want to you go with that? Go with it. I know he's it's friends with Peter Frampton. Exactly. Yeah, it's I, I don't mind Sirens at all. It, you know, it's probably in my top three or four songs on Lightning Bolt. Yeah, I'm your theory on wish list, John, is that's that's how I feel about sirens. Like there's just money left on the table here. You know, this is a song that could be really like a live staple and it never got there. Well, especially when you when you bookmark it with the song that comes after it, it's gonna overshadow it. Like it's Yeah. You look at these sirens into present tense, like obviously present tense is, is the one that, that is is the big moment that you're gonna remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I like present tense was just about perfect here. Very good. Mike is doing a little bit something different. It sounds really, really good. Like some sort of like arpeggiated solo kind of thing. Yeah, I, it felt like like a different pedal or know what you're talking about. I couldn't really put my finger on it. And I listened to this version a dozen times and I still kind of 
don't understand what we're talking about. <laughs> it, you know, it, yeah, it's different, and like, I really have a hard time putting my finger on why. The whole, the whole ending. I feel like the whole ending was a huge, and this is part of present tense's lore here is that it kind of lifts you up, and then it's like kind of like a steam engine that drives, and then it slows down. It's kind of like when the plane's about to land. It's a perfect plane landing, and this had a very theatrical, very big ending to it there was a lot of like extra things going on that made you know they kind of hold out a note a little longer and it made it feel a little bit more powerful than you know maybe early versions felt well correct me if i'm wrong but we're going to be digging into the song uh on uh on that's, Patreon coming up coming up in that's the next a very month good call so, right yes we are so maybe we we don't talk about it anymore and maybe we hold our thoughts until that moment yeah that's gonna be a fun one it is, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I was secretly rooting for it, and uh, you guys did right. Uh, all right. Well, this is this is really cool coming out of present tense again. Like I said, big ending. It's gonna feel big. It's gonna feel like an arena kind of ending. And then you get without any prompting. And I've never seen them do the eruption solo without any prompting, without Ed saying, "And here's Mike McCready." just spotlight on Mike and just let him go wild and what why the hell not like you don't need context with this it's a eruption very favorites but being so close to like uh be close enough to the point where i could see my McCready's fingers uh absolutely a treat very very glad to have seen this yeah see i don't this doesn't do anything for me it just feels like he's kind of just showing off like i don't that doesn't really do anything for me like i know he's very technically gifted and i i don't need him to prove that to me by playing part of a solo from a van halen song from 1983 or whenever it was um but yeah, I mean, part of a solo, <laughs> whatever. It just it just doesn't do anything for me. And but I, I get like where if you're if you're there and and you know I'm sure you know, th- they're probably a little bit playing to the crowd here. This is probably a little bit of like oh it's Nebraska they'll like Van Halen like they like guitar stuff like throw it in there. And I get it if you're there it, it looks very cool and it gets a big crowd thing. And and I'm, actually as the lead into Even Flow it it's it makes a little bit of sense, but because that is the Mike songs big kind of little preview there, but that was a nice tie in. But yeah, usually I, I just, I would just skip this normally. 
Usually, yeah, I I thought it was a great transition into the into even flow and kind of as a follow up when Mike starts the solo on even flow, it sounds really weird because he's not in his usual like startup tone with it. It sounds like he's playing in a different key or in a different spot on his guitar. Like maybe is he in that beginning trying to channel Eddie Van Halen again? And, and it, I, I'll have to say it kind of falls a little bit flat and he finds his way back to, you know, playing like Hendrix, but I, it, it, it's interesting that he tried it. Yeah, dovetailing dub that Van Halen vibe into even flow and like even those uh, verse and chorus verse before we get to him again he's trying to like stay in the in that eruption mode yeah sort of, at least at the beginning and then the Jimi Hendrix kicks in and so, some some stereotypes are true about the Midwest we do love Angela <laughs> you would have to think that this is probably coming back at a lot of shows whenever the shows do come back so Hang on to that. It's probably going to be a moment for a lot of people if they are in the Midwest. Maybe you can expect it. And it, it gives Ed a little, you know, minute, minute and a half to right. break to go back and drink something. And, and yeah, so yeah, I would, I would see this coming back for sure. Yup. And Ed gives all the credit to Mike after this. He says he's one in a billion and lets the crowd just kind of shower him with love, both Mike and Matt. And just we're grateful to be in this group and be invited places like this to play. And the more you live and see, the more you pay attention, the more you appreciate. And it's hard to take things for granted, like your knees, because the world revolves around your knees or your lungs or your kids or your wife and, and your brain and the planet. We're faced with the biggest of challenges. Time and life is really fucking precious. I feel like that is the theme for the Lightning Bolt tour whenever he has something powerful to say life is precious the fragility of life always comes into play usually either before the song that we're about to get into now or before sirens and he kind of mentioned he mentions the guy in the mohawk in front might be saying yeah his time is precious play another song but calls for another bottle and says a few more words about how precious the planet is which is a great segue going into infallible another lightning bolt song that we're getting from here and at this point i'm just thinking like i don't love infallible but everything is played so tight at the show that everything it just it's moving they're in a groove right now and, you know, you can feel and know when this kind of Pearl Jam is happening in the mid-set. Yeah, I don't care for this song. Um, <laughs> you weren't booing it, but you don't care. No, I wasn't booing it. Um, I'm, like, really feeling a certain kind of vibe, like, being there. Um, I'm riding pretty high. And the way my body clock was feeling, I wasn't ready for... Like uh, a pump of the brakes here, like this song is. It's not my favorite. <laughs> well, this, yeah, this I've, is I've, where John kicks you off the podcast. Yeah, well, I'll, be, I, I'll be the uh, the devil's advocate here. I love this song. It's, it might be my favorite one on Lightning Bolt. And I think the the speech that he gives before is is really nice. And you know, it kind of starts off where he it's kind of the evolution of of the dad ed speech where he's kind of like starts off he doesn't really know what he's talking about and he's kind of maybe telling a joke that doesn't really land but then he kind of turns it into something kind of emotional and and beautiful and like the the little lead into infallible is really really good and i think that the whole this whole part of the main that back half the main set from sirens on is is very very good like a lot of great versions and very well paced out like like we said a, a 
a, a couple of uh, binaural songs, a Riot Act song, some hits mixed in there, a deep cut from Lightning Bolt. I really, really like this. And Infallible's a, a great version. It's It's got a great message behind it. And then you, you hit right back in after with, uh, with the crowd favorites. You're getting Evolution, and then you get God's Dice and Significance, and you get Half Full. So that's, that's a really great section right there. And before kind of like the tie into all this, there's a story. And there's a story about a kid. And there's a kid in the front row. I guess he has a sign. You can't really tell. But Ed addresses, he. there must be a sign. And Ed says, it's your birthday. How old are you turning? He's turning six years old. So ask if he's going to pull an all-nighter. Asks if he wants some coffee or if he wants some wine and mentions that the next song is going to be about the atomic bomb and Tomahawk missile. And he's now going off and saying one Tomahawk missile is, is $1.5 million. You can tell your teacher this tomorrow. And, uh, and, and I was going to tell you more, but just, just keep that in mind. This, uh, What's your name? Uh, this, is, this is for you, Lewis. We're, we're, we're putting this whole planet in your hands. You can do it. You, you, you can do it. All right? You got a lot of support. All right, Lewis? My middle name, but Lewis kind of becomes part of this show for the next two songs is very very funny and and in moments especially in half full he's pretty much singing to him he kind of face to face gets in with lewis and he's talking to him won't you save the world he's calling lewis he's saying you're the future kid like this this is all you i really i this all kind of is a great tie-in for this little part love the lewis interaction how cool is that like that's this is real dad hours here and that little stretch of meandering and john said it you said it very well the speech starts without you know he doesn't know what the punchline is here but he's trying to lead to something funny or poignant or both or whatever and this one hits pretty well he's uh you know talking about this kid who's fixing to turn six at midnight and offers him wine but he's also you know, he's got to teach him something because he might miss school the next day because I think this is on a Tuesday. So he t- taught him about current events in a very uh, typical Ed fashion and saying that every Tomahawk missile is $1.5 million. So I'm very jealous of this six-year-old boy, which is totally appropriate for me that one of my favorite songs is dedicated to him. So we'll talk about it because, yeah, this is when I think – and I, I, I just kind of, this is how my mind works. When I think of certain songs, I connect certain people to certain songs. And you're probably pretty pumped and excited that when I do think of Insignificance, I'm like, okay, that, that's a Curtis song to me. So what is it? And I, I know you're covering it on Better Man pretty soon. Am I right about that? That's correct. Um, we recorded that a while ago. So it'll be coming out here whenever it fits in the track listing here. So in the coming months. I live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and we have a lot of manufacturing here. Collins Aerospace is here. I have family and in-laws. Um, we're, we're part of that military industrial complex the same way that Seattle is, which is that theme of insignificance, right? So 
and again, not to step on this forthcoming pod and plug to uh, Better Band Podcasts. This will. Oh, we're I, the same. Yes, yeah, it's all it's all family here. Um, yeah, it feels like that's uh, something that the band and I have in common, and it's kind of the shared thing that we have. Meanwhile, it also has this moment that just builds to maybe one of my top 10, like 20 second stretches in all of Pearl Jam is where that bridge just builds and builds and builds. And then it comes down to that like really aggressive staccato strumming. I love this tune and this version of it very, very lived up to my standard of it. I'm down the I'm down the road from Lockheed, so I'm uh, I'm with you there on that. That's that that's something for sure. And yeah, insignificance has the the drop and then the build back up, like you mentioned, is is very very well done in this. That that was absolutely a highlight. And again, this section, all these songs are highlights. So you go back to do the evolution where he says, you know, he shuts out, you know, like South America, and they get Mike and Jeff doing the little sacrament thing. There's a great Stone solo. They talk about it. there's a little knot. He he instead of 2010, he shouts out, "Oh, 2020!" Like little little did he know what he would be know. Uh, be going through there. Uh, God's dice is absolutely great. Like a deep cut, to you you know that that's normally a, they'll throw a deep cut in, deep in the set like this. And God's dice is great right here. I thought very well done. And then yeah, and then you get the the speech with Lewis and the half full. You know, like oh my God, it, the, the lights come down and. They're, they're playing with lights and they write up and singing to the kid. Lewis, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. kind of mentions he said you know i got two girls at home and i didn't think i ever needed a boy but well, i'm now i'm cool with it you got now lewis is here he's got me thinking it definitely lewis made an impact there and, and that kid at six years old is now 13 years old or you know going to be 13 years old this year. so that kid is almost a teenager yeah he's probably he's probably in, in he's got zoom high school in the morning so mm-hmm. yeah hope that kid knows how to listen to podcasts because we've talked about him a lot in the last three or four minutes. Better Man, Porch, Two Biggies to end your set. 
And uh, man, you guys can talk about Better Man because I want to talk about Porch. I, Better Man was great, but Porch is like a major, major highlight for me for this show. Yeah. Um, just want to say briefly, save it for later tag made an impression on me very much like this version of it but yes they kind of change it up a little bit because he doesn't actually it's not as routine as it usually is no we we took a little break there to dedicate to elizabeth i think he says yes um and then kind of says like don't be depressed anymore and kind of uses that uh vocal to kind of dovetail into save it for later and you get a cool moment of Ed and Mike kind of jamming together too. You always, like I say, I always look for those moments where you get where they kind of pair off and you get two people kind of playing off each other. And, and Ed and Mike is always really good when they're in, and Ed's trying to keep up and it's it's really it's really well done in that little jam section of Better Man. Excellent version of Better Man here. Wasn't it during Better Man? And I'm not sure if it was. My notes are a little fudgy here, but I'm not sure. I think it was during Better Man where Ed addresses the Mike side and says, "Look at Mike side." Look how energetic Mike's side is because Mike is bogoing and he's jumping up yep. and down. And Ed's like, "Come on, middle section, let's go here. Let's let's start going." So there's kind of a little a little rivalry that's been built. We were we were very proud of ourselves on Mike's side. <laughs> we were definitely getting after it. Porch man, Porch is really really good from this show. Of course, the orbs are moving up and down all over the place. Jeff and Mike are playing off of each other. It's really great. Um, and it just, it's filling with energy and it just feels like they're going in different directions. They're trying something new. They're playing this pretty much every night at this point in the same spot. This is becoming the porch spot to close out the main set. And this doesn't feel run of the mill. This feels special. This feels like it, it's more appropriate for, uh, you know, to, to switch it up a little bit. Stone gets basically his own solo over Mike and that's what kind of flourishes and makes it interesting here and then Ed gets on the I don't know if you heard this but when he got on the orb he gets on the orb and starts swinging he says Miley Cyrus like Miley Cyrus like yeah. Miley Cyrus and gives you a uh, hint of what his kids are listening to exactly exactly which I mean look at who just covered Pearl Jam in the last year right. and yep. you know that's that's who they're in close contact with Chucks the mic into the crowd, got the crowd to sing a little bit, and then smashes a mic stand stand to end it. Like, great, great set closer here. It's, and and this is coming off of, obviously, I'm not going to compare dropping the park porch to this porch, but, like, other porches that we've heard that are very similar, you know, similar spots, similar era, I just kind of just brush it off as saying, all right, it's just the end of the set, get into the next thing, but this was... This was well above average, this version. Very, very good. They absolutely let it cook. Um, eight and a half minutes. Very much enjoyed being on Mike's side, but I have a memory of, like, the, the fucking port solo is by Stone, and I'm on Mike's side. I remember being, like, halfway hot about that. So, shout out to the Stone side, folks. Yeah, I mean, this this can still be a showstopper when they, when they want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I'd love to have them bring it back and have them maybe close with it once or twice. A little bit of throwback back to '92. Why the hell not? Of course. Yeah, they let it. They let it cook. This is very good. Yeah, I agree. This is gonna end all up kinds of shenanigans going on with this. Yeah, of course, of course. It's it's what you want. It's what you want to see visually. So we're at the encore here. Let's uh, take a little bit of a break and uh, let's 
let you in on a little secret, and that's that we have other stuff that you can listen to at any time. And yeah, there's there's lots of stuff that you can listen to on the regular platforms on Spotify and Apple. You guys should s- subscribe there, by the way, because subscriptions do help. And uh, But this subscription that we're going to talk about right now is through Patreon. And uh, we get Patreon donations every month, and we have three separate tiers. If you guys want to help out the show and get more content and be involved with kind of the Live on Four Legs community, this is the way to do it. I'm going to give... Curtis the floor here because Curtis has been a patron for a while now and uh, being a patron has gotten you into the catbird seat right here so tell him all the things whatever you like about Patreon even the things that you don't like about Patreon be be as transparent as as you can be the things I don't like about Patreon um, (laughs) there's too much to listen to and I can't keep up with it Oh, that's horrible. I'm so, 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 so sorry. That's like when you're at the job interview and they're like, what are your weaknesses? Like, uh, yeah, I don't really have any weaknesses. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's that question. I'm a little, up for that. I'm a little overweight. Yeah. Right. I saw him. I worked, I worked too hard. Yes. This is a community that you guys have created and I feel honored and privileged to have been part of it. Um, you guys steer the ship, but the there's definitely a lot of input that you have from your listeners, and you're it's like uh, it's like joining a church. You know, you can go on the holidays, or you can go every week, or you can really, really get involved. And Patreon is is kind of that next level. So these week these weekly shows are. Um, I don't want to give this a backhanded compliment because you just came off of maybe one of your best one ever with Drop in the Park. But the show reviews are not quite on the level of the really, really special episodes. And I think that's the Evolution series. Um, you guys absolutely outdo yourself. And this is uh, the weekly shows. They're SmackDown and Raw. And <laughs> Evolution series is WrestleMania, man. Those wow. are excellent shows. Your your one dollar, five dollar, ten dollar a month. I don't get that reference, but I'll take your word it's, for it. It's good, John. It's good. Right. Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a compliment. Um we jack around on the Discord. These guys are very accessible. Yeah, shout out to the Discord. We haven't we haven't done that in a few weeks. Yeah, like definitely if you're interested, join our Discord. The the link should be around. Like, yeah, we have a lot of fun over there. For sure. And and I think that you're you're one of those people that I've always said, like, you know, there's no doubt about it. If I ask Curtis for something, he's he's got an opinion about it or he's got our back on it. Like he's all if if we need him for something for the website that we're doing, if we like you're, you're in. And, and that's whenever I think of the people that are the go to people, it's the Patreon people, because obviously, like, you know, it takes a lot for them to contribute. And uh, man, for you guys and and you specifically but also everybody else that you know has gone you know the extra mile to provide and help this show out is just major 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 thanks to you guys like that's that's awesome that we have that and uh you know it, it's more than anything it's just a community so bonus leg giga leg horizon leg those are the three tiers one and five and ten dollar 
I suggest you just hop on the $1 train and if you like it, and if you want to increase at a later date, do it. Like that's, that's all we ask. Just get on $1, enjoy the content and, uh, get in a set list draft. The set list drafts are a lot of fun. We did a fun one this past week. So it's just fun. It's just fun communicating with everybody. And, and you get an episode. If you want to join the giggle you get a profile episode, which Curtis is going to have this week. If you join the horizon leg and, and not just that, but like this is the first time for the profile episodes, we're going to actually make those public. So if you need a little bit of a taste for what we do on Patreon, that's going to be your first taste is uh, we're going to start making those accessible to everybody. Cause we realize, you know, the people that want to listen to that aren't going to become patrons because they're, you know, they're, they're family members and they're close friends of people that aren't necessarily major Pearl Jam fans. So we're going to make that, a free for everybody on the platform and maybe a, uh, a little bit of a sample of what we do on Patreon. But before we uh, get any further, I just want to thank our one new patron this week. And that's Jeff Kohler. Uh, he's somebody he's actually been on the show before and uh, now he's a patron. So we thank, we thank him and we thank yeah, everybody thanks, for joining in on that. So it's all cool stuff. If you want to head over, patreon.com slash live on four legs or the patreon app i prefer the app it's a lot easier just search live on four legs we're there you know what we look like so that's it that's it that's all of our sell on that let's uh let's get back into the music the stuff that really matters and uh we head back into encore one it's just ed by himself and mentions he mentions the football again which i'm sure is going to be a little bit groan inducing for the hawkeye in the in the room here he tells a story about this Walgreens in Tulsa because Tulsa was the night before and he was asked if he has a card. This is, this is a real dad ed kind of thing. Like this is a typical 2014 ed story. And the, the woman at the counter wants Ed to sign up for a Walgreens card. And he's like, I, I can't because then you'll have my information. And if you see my name, Ed Vetter there, somebody in the system is going to be like, Oh my God, I have Eddie's phone number. Like, we get that. So he was kind of hesitant to tell this woman who he was. And when he did and said, oh, I'm in a band, I'm, I'm in Pearl Jam. The woman's like, oh, I, I picked my daughter up from your show last night. And kind of was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go pick her up at 1230. But that means she had a pretty good time. So, you know, then the conversation ends with him saying, did you know that it was John Lennon's birthday today? That's Ed trying to deflect the conversation away from himself. Very typical for him, but we do get two Beatles covers out of it. You've got to hide your love away. And yeah, not a Beatles song, but a John Lennon song. Uh, imagine. And you got to hide your love away is the first time in 153 shows that it's been played five years since 2009. That summer, I think they did a couple of summer dates uh, before Chicago that year. Uh, I think it was played at one of those. And uh, you get a good sing-along out of it. And you kind of, like, this, this tour was really the first instances that were, he did Imagine, too. And, and I felt like the crowd was really into Imagine on this one. Yeah. Um, Imagine, not my personal favorite. Wildly popular in the building. Oh, people were loud for Most that. building, is, it's going to be. The thing with Imagine, too, is that it's... It's the most famous song that they cover. Like, everybody in the, across the world knows this song. Like, it's one of the most well-known songs across the planet. And, like, usually they they do, like, more of a deep dive and try to find uh, those kind of hidden gems. 
from a band like we've talked about that but yeah imagine is a weird kind of choice for them because yeah any any set it goes and it's automatically the most famous song that gets played that night like yeah no nobody doesn't know it yeah i mean it's obvious every every crowd's going to react to it imagine is the kind of song where and and this did happen and at a festival show with jack johnson and uh it's the kind of song that you you want to bring up a guy like Jack Johnson on stage for because he's going to know it and everybody's going to know it and you don't have to worry about well do do you know do you know not for you do you know whipping do you know uh I'm open like he, no but I know imagine because everybody fucking knows imagine so that's easy for that kind of situation you know same kind of it's it's an elevation above rocking in the free world, but it also like it has that solo vibe to it. Where at most times they play, they do play it solo. I li- I kind of like it better when they they do a full band. I can say that about just about every song that Ed can do solo in relation to to them. So I've talked about that before. I'm not as much of a solo Ed guy as I am just play the full band stuff. Yeah, cool, cool little diversion there. Um, these are one that I love and one that's kind of meh. And yeah, then we, it's totally it does a great dovetail into Elderly Woman. Yeah, and everybody's still sitting at this point. I thought that was interesting to, you know, instead of getting everybody back and just standing up for for one song there everybody's sitting down which is very interesting but it kind of gave elderly woman that vibe instead of you know it wasn't really a sing-along vibe after imagine it it had more of a a campfire and more somber tone to it felt yeah we're um ramping up a little bit here this isn't like the the opener to Moline, where we're just kind of going to get in there and it starts like soaring right away. Um, we're just kind of working, 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 working our way back up. And they don't do anything like they don't do, uh, you know, they don't turn around for the crowd like they usually do with an elderly woman in the encore. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's more serious. It kind of feels almost like a bridge school version, an electric kind of bridge school version of elderly woman. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But again, the crowd sounds great on it. Give them credit. Absolutely. And that kind of leads you into, I, I, I kind of teed it up before this whole encore is all known hits. It's given a fly lightning bolt, Jeremy black rearview mirror. Everybody's going to know every one of these songs. Like this is just, this is going to hit a lot of people in the sweet spot. Notable stuff. Like, I don't know if a lot of the stuff is interchangeable. That's my one critique of it is is this given a fly too much different than any other given a fly is this jeremy too much different than any other jeremy and i defer to curtis on this because i wasn't there so my opinion doesn't count on this matter we're uh this second two-thirds of it my buddy lee and i we are flying for this like we start at given to fly and we do not come down until the strobe lights are done on rearview mirror. Like we're absolutely in the zone and um, lightning bolts kind of that one song from this era that could kind of uh, keep up 
Um, so in the big boy category. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, just as far as being like that big kind of getting to these like soaring moments. Um, so yeah, I shit on this album all the time and this song hung in there. It was, uh, we were absolutely in the zone. I know I'm the last hardcore fan standing to ride for Jeremy here. <laughs> I was going to um, mention that for, for our deprogrammed, uh, and it didn't get its redemption moment in the trash episode. It certainly did not. And I, you know what? That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll live on this island and I'll die on it. Um, <laughs> in this version, it's not, uh, I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. Um, the version that I listened to is the official boot and the people aren't really loud there, but like, you know, it's just like every, every arena show, your section is loud and you, you're certain that the whole building is loud. So we were freaking out for it. Um, if we want to get into like black already, the might as well. Yeah. The, the one thing I just want to point out real quick, no talk. This is less talk, more rock right here. Everything is back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. This is definitely an encore for this is what you play in a place you'd never played before. This is, this is fan service. Very, very great fit for my friend. This was his first show. He, references back this little stretch here and we we loved it um really good version of black um the tease at the end is did you kind of feel it yeah well it's instead of like we belong together he starts with rearview mirror that rearview mirror was going to be the next song coming out of this i well i was like at the beginning of black i was like we've had one two three black's the eighth song of the encore so i thought that might end it and like we kind of jam it out and you do something kind of non-traditional and that's the end of the the set and then he starts talking you know uh seeing the rear view mirror lyrics and i'm like oh yeah this will this will work just fine <laughs> yep so that that stretch we were uh yeah we were flying high i mean yeah come on what what do you what else do you have to say about black it's <laughs> it's a highlight whenever whenever it shows up and yeah black and rear view mirror absolutely fantastic 
and other little notable things, a lot of Nebraska pandering during the first two, you know, faster songs in the encore. Give It a Fly has that, uh, made it out to Lincoln, out to smoke at a tree. Lightning Bolt has the towards Nebraska instead of the Great Northwest. Like, it's it's fan service, and I, I get it. Like, that, it makes a lot of sense, and it kind of brings the people that, if they're if this is their only show on the tour, it makes them feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely special moments. And, and Rearview Mirror ending the set, too. Like, it's a killer bridge. The entire band feels synced up on it and are just feeding off everybody's power. And it's a classic version. Balls out until the end. And, you know, then you get into the end. Ed chucks his guitar up in the air, catches it. And uh, you're kind of you're kind of left with this. Uh, what the hell happens next kind of feel? Because it, it feels in most cases, if you end the show here. Wow, that was that was pretty good. That was pretty damn good. They have a whole another encore to go. So. Here well, I, it is. I, I wanted Ed to smash that guitar at the end of this. I want to just. <laughs> I think no, guitars are precious for him now. Yeah. It has to be a really, really shitty guitar for him to do that with. But, um, we, but we haven't mentioned Cameron on this. At, at the end of River Mirror, Matt, Matt Cameron just shines. Like it, that, that's that's fantastic. Some fantastic drum work. mentions at the beginning the crews have been great and it's been a real pleasure to work with everybody do my eyes deceive me on a normal basis or the last couple times that we did smile because smile in jacksonville jeff and stone were still in their normal spots am i right that's right yeah they normally don't switch places that was interesting they actually switch places this time instead of switching the guitars they just Okay, I'll I'll go I'll go to where the guitar is, and Stone's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll I'll pick up Jeff's Jeff's bass over here, play with Mike a little bit, and it was cool because right away Stone and Mike are like, hey, how about this? This is kind of cool. This is kind of fun, and uh, and then we get into Smile, and like, you know, why while you don't have a song like this in the first encore, you're this is the fan service for you know, for serious collectors that are coming to this show and maybe they're like, okay, well, we got God's dice and insignificance, but that, that encore one, I've heard it all before. You don't get smile a whole lot. It's only been played 77 times at that point. What had been played Uh 67. They've played it 10 more times since that show. So it's been in, it's been in favor. It's been in favor since this night. I would say that 10 times in the last seven, six years, however many tour years that is, is, is better than most. So, especially off no code, but like that, you know, you're giving some fan service here right off the bat. That's, that's kind of nice. That's absolutely what it felt like for me. Um, in the first set, you mentioned we, we stretched the, the catalog a little bit and we got, you know, probably more deep cuts than 
what I would have guessed. You know, if I set a line on deep cuts, we had already hit the over before the first set was going. So, and the way uh, Encore One went with very, um, you know, we got a new album to promote, but other than that, very, very much staples. Um, yeah, and when we, I didn't notice it until Ed mentioned it, saying Jeff on guitar, and I was like, oh, okay. So I don't know if I wasn't like focusing up or just, but when he mentioned it, I was like, oh, I know what this means. So I, I was, uh, I was very pleased to get yeah, points, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, maybe a little dress rehearsal for Moline here, a little bit too. And he, he changes the lyric to, you know, where he adds the, when the sun don't shine and he throws in, oh, like Seattle, like that's where we're from. And I, I love Jeff really getting into the guitar playing. Like he goes up to Stone's amp and he's like throwing on the whammy bar and like doing the feedback and like, oh, it was fantastic. There, this is This is party atmosphere all the way. For sure, for sure. And, you know, coming out of it, you got an OTOTO and there's no addressing it. There's nothing like you have to really you have to really know music and you have to know your Bruce to know this song because I I feel like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I kind of know Bruce. I'm I'm kind of a Bruce fan and and then I realize, okay, I know about three or four albums of his and and I kind of falter off after some point. And I realize I just don't know the Nebraska album too well. And I feel like when this they played the song, I'm like, yeah, it's very familiar because it's very Bruce. But I don't know it all that well. I hit the cover and came and cleaned the chair. With her line blown up, she swung it like a turbo chair. Propped her up on the backyard. Concrete box for new clothes. Played in a new set of shops. Down at the car wash, at the pubs and pawns. I'm going out tonight. I'm on a rocket's joint. Early on, Jersey industrial skyline. some hometown treatment after you know 22 years of not playing there this was a pretty terrific version yeah that i don't consider myself a hardcore bruce fan but at the time i absolutely recognized it um so i guess kind of i am i know more bruce than i know than i thought i did but very good version you can tell that it's bruce but still ed makes it his own doing something special for the town 
and why wouldn't we just it's just a very Pearl Jam at making this set it's just so them like here's an album that's mostly acoustic and let's find the most rocking thing on there and yeah I think it's the only it's the only song on that album that has electric guitar on it Right. That's right. I think I'll, I'll out myself. Like I, I only own Born to Run in Nebraska. I think Nebraska's probably my favorite album of his because it's a little more. It's a little more weird. It's a little more acoustic. It's got a little more of a feel to it. I, I like it a lot. It's got Atlantic City, which people know, and State Trooper and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, you, you almost you almost feel like Ed put this show on the tour just so they could play something off the Nebraska album. Oh, that was definitely in his mind. Bread plus butter equals bread and butter, and that's where we sit at the end here. And I think this is pretty appropriate. Just play just play what you know and play what the crowd knows and what they expect and let them go Send home them. happy. Yeah, exactly. Send them home in a good mood. Alive, rocking in the free world, yeller led better. And um, I thought the, the solo on Alive was really good. The rockin' in the free world house lights get turned up, and Stone takes front and center with his solo. Ledbetter, you get maybe a hold off on Ledbetter for a second. Like, let's just keep it to these two songs, and let's give Ledbetter its moment. So, what else? What else from all that then? Um, I don't know if it shows up on the bootleg, but I started the the yeah chant during a live. I hope. Nice. I want everybody nice. to be aware of that. <laughs> okay. He was one ready. for the notes. Yep, just that one. Put that definitely put that on the notes that I meant. I'm definitely, absolutely, positively the only person who started that change. <laughs> but I thought it was cool too. You get you get Ed, you know, kind of going off to the side. You get to see some of the crew, like you see kind of the the lighting setup and the, the soundboard there. That was kind of cool to see. And you know, Ed's out in the crowd doing the whole thing. I, again, there there was a nice pair of moment between Jeff and Stone, always in the live. That's that's going to be their moment. You know, you think back to the, the old days. I wonder. It's, it's still so cool that you know we're we're 24 years in at, at this point, but it's still cool that they can kind of like kind of have a moment playing the song from you know, from that long ago and and rocking in the free world. I thought it was cool because he does the red, white, and blue, and he kind of catches himself like, oh, I should have just I, red and white. I mean, just red and white for the flag, like for the. I, I, he kind of caught himself like, oh, I meant to do it. And then there's some there's some very uh, he's very proud of himself, like kept playing with those tambourines. I think there's a moment where he catches it behind the back and he's oh he's he's so happy with himself it's 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 a it's a fun moment for sure and you know all the energy and all the the goodbyes that they're about to share right here it leaves you off with a really really fun moment and one that's i would think would be everlasting from this show so you get led better and obviously you know it's coming i think this is a led better show and not an indifferent show or or a baba and on a cover this is a led better show pretty firmly led better. and uh you start the song and right away ed's ed's mic isn't working which okay it was working during rocking in the free world why the hell does it not work now so it leads to this really funny sequence of events where he's handed another mic and that doesn't work and he's handed a beer bottle he's like okay well fuck it i'll sing from the beer bottle and you're, well, well, the whole t- whole thing is going on. The crowd is just is taking it, and whether they're mumbling the words or singing along to what the words are, that's another story. But there, you hear audibly that the crowd is is singing along, and then right right at the best part, he finally grabs a mic. He goes behind him. He finally grabs a mic. It's it's perfect the way he comes back into it. Mm-hmm. 
think Nebraska and think the Lincoln Show, I'm going to think of this because it's very unique and specific to them. Yeah, very fun. Um, and like if you scripted it, like if the whole thing was a work, the mic just starts to work at that like perfect moment, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the official boot is... It doesn't reflect what my experience was during that little stretch, which is um, we're trying to sing the stuff for him, but the second mic and the beer bottle, like we're like really laughing. So <laughs> that that doesn't come through on the recording. Um, but the big the cheer right before he gets the one that works is like really loud. One of the the louder crowd moments of the whole night in, in my memory is like everybody just being like yeah like everyone's so excited that it finally works and just impactful it's, time it's, it's it's the punchline to the comedy act right because he yes. he's totally playing it up and like again credit credit to them because how many bands if that happens on the last night would just get pissed off and walk off the stage and be like or start yelling at, at the crew like you know you, you can go through the list of bands like but not Pearl Jam. Like again, we talk about whenever they whenever they screw up, they they turn it into kind of a funny moment, and they're adorable. And yeah, he just kind of plays it up. And yeah, he's 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 like, should I sing into the beer bottle? Maybe that'll work. So he starts doing that. And yeah, it's and it, yeah, when when it when it finally kicks in, he kind of realizes like, oh, I've got this wireless back here on the. He catches it, it turns on, and sings, and he's kind of has that moment like, it worked. Like we did it. And yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a great. He plays it up perfectly. He's he's the consummate consummate showman on that. Now let's not discredit what happens at the end here, because I feel like what happened at the end is really special. So uh, the whole band kind of takes aside, and you know, Matt gets off the kit, and Stone and Jeff take off their instruments, and it's just Mike and a spotlight just firmly on Mike, or maybe not spotlight, but the house lights are on. So Mike walks up to the edge of the stage, very calmly just there's this little lip there like right where the state like almost like a stair to to hop back onto the stage if mike or ed wanted to run around which in alive should have mentioned this but ed was doing the whole porch stick in, in alive where going out to the crowd and and getting to hold on to the barricade which was very cool mike sits on that step that little lip there and he's just sitting and he's playing the the end of the song and i thought that that was just a such a such a sweet moment to kind of be intimate with the crowd and say goodbye as as the last visual for the show. I, I really really like that. Like that that's another thing to me, especially you being on Mike's side. Like seeing something like that, you got to be thinking like this is how we go home. I'm I'm very pleased with this. Yeah, really like a a cool treat. Like it's you know, and from an audio perspective. Mike always kind of gets the last word on those Led Better songs, but like really making that uh, part of the show in a different way that I'd never seen before or since. Um, I agree. It felt like it were, they were doing it just for us here, there on that side. You know, it was uh, for sure a treat. <laughs> Glad that you brought it up. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Like, and again, in the video, because the video is kind of put together, conglomerated from all these different fan videos all across the 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 arena and you don't really get a lot of really close-ups but you know of course everyone pulls out their phone when he goes down there so you if, and if you guys don't have time to watch this whole video you should but definitely go and skip to the last 30 seconds of it because it's a really close-up 
version of Mike, and he's just like you said, he's just kind of relaxed. It's almost just like your friend playing guitar on his couch. You know, he's got kind of he's kind of just chilled out. Like, hey, I'm just gonna come down here and and finish this off for you guys. And I, he says something. I was trying to lip read. It sounds like he says, "Oh, you guys were awesome." You know, just just to somewhat just kind of to himself. You know, it's it would have been a, a really cool moment for those people right in the front row. Great way to come and say thank you to them. And yeah, just a, just a very chill way. Like the the show started kind of low key and chilled out, and and it ends that way. Very 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 cool. Look, they could have just run through a place like Nebraska and been like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just let's give them all the A sides and, and cookie cutter. Yeah, absolutely. right. And they didn't do that. That great, great for them. And obviously they kind of used the show as kind of an experiment. Let's, let's go for some no code songs. Let's see what we can do with them a week later. So you, you were the experimental city that that's, that's how to put that. So, all right, three moments from this show, I'll kind of just off the last point we made and, and put Ledbetter into my final three, just the visuals and, you know, it being one of the funnier moments and funnier aspects from the show. And, and the show is so light as it is that they're playing into that vibe. It's definitely a moment from this. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of the set and say sometimes was a highlight for me too. just the jam at the end Ed getting really intense in the parts where you want him to get more intense. Sometimes maybe if he doesn't do that live, you know, and, and hit those notes where, where you want him to hit, you're kind of like, okay, well, all right, now on to the next song, but you really felt it after that. It really felt like something big. And then Porch is the showstopper from this show. And I feel like I don't get to say that too often anymore with, with shows that are post 2000, but uh, this, this was, this was a serious port show. 100%. Yeah. Very, very cool. I could go with a lot of that. I'm going to say uh, my number three is half full. And, you know, the the moment with uh, where he goes and sings to Lewis, that's a really cool moment. Anytime he kind of singles someone out in the crowd and, you know, you know that that's, that's special and would have been very cool. Um, my number two is, hey, I got to go with you. It's, it's porch when he throws the mic into the crowd riding on those those little balls that they have that come down awesome and then yeah my number one's yellow lid better absolutely that for it to be the end of the show the way they handled it just would have been send everybody out on a high just a an unforgettable moment from this those are my three there's a lot here and there's a lot of honorable mentions here sometimes it's absolutely one of them porch just absolutely they just let him cook Got a very good version of that. At the first out of the gate, rockers after after the ballads go into Wygo. Whew, intense. Number three for me is Half Full. Um, these Riot Act songs that don't get played a ton, and then they just let Mike Cook on them. Holy cow. And when they hit, like, like a few weeks ago, there was some get right where he was just ripping that you guys talked about. It's not not like what he plays on the album, but he embellishes it a little bit more too. Really, really like that. And um, then I must mention a week later he would bring that song back at Memphis. They played half yes. full, so they they were feeling that's a song you can say that they were feeling at that time. Oh, it, I mean, just the soloing on that is like just knock your dick in the dirt quality. Like I very, very much like that version of it. The number two for me is the last three songs of 
the, the first encore, Jeremy into black uh, with the rearview mirror tag on black into rearview mirror. Just insane stuff. Um, Lee and I were on we're on cloud nine. Loved, loved, loved that stretch of just kind of shows you these songs that you've heard a thousand times before, 10,000 times before, how you're you're in the right mood, they're in the right mood, like it can really transcend into something really, really special. And then number one for me is my my buddy Lewis and Insignificance. Um, Tomahawk missiles are absolutely cost $1.5 million. Um, <laughs> and we got a $1.5 million like build and bridge on this song here too. Love this song and that version of it, it was everything I could have possibly hoped for. Very, very nicely done. All right. Now we get to rate all of this. And uh, this is this is an interesting rating. And I don't want my rating to come off as harsh because it's not at all. Um, I, I, I kind of think that a seven is right at average. And that's that's right. You know, if you're below seven, then it, there was something wrong with your show. I'm going to give this a seven and a half. And that's because there were things I really, really appreciated and I really liked from this show. There, there are things to really like. Um, personally, if I were at the show, the Encore One, knowing who I am and knowing what I look for in shows, it would have kind of bugged me. And that's what's holding me back from it a little bit. Listening to it on a bootleg, I'm totally fine with it. I'm totally fine going back to back with with Given a Fly, Lightning Bolt, Elderly Woman, all those songs. Like, yeah, but personally, if I were at that show, I feel like I would have taken issue and, and would have said, you know what, the encore is a spot where, you know, I'm expecting maybe something deep, something deep in their catalog, and you just didn't get it at all. Like, you you gotta hide your love away was brought out for the first time in, in over a hundred shows, but it covers you don't really see in that same aspect that same light as you do with with the original so it it just i can't give it an eight i think it's seven and a half and i do recommend that people go and listen to it because it's a very good show especially listening to the crowd and listening to just and and them getting the relationship with the crowd as it goes along it's uh for a lot of people that probably looked at the show notes on this and said, Lincoln, Nebraska, what the heck are they doing in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, a lot of people probably said that, and our numbers for this week are not going to be as good as dropping the Parker Ice Bowl. Oh, well, so what? <laughs> there are thousands of Pearl Jam shows that we have to cover. This is one of them. So, uh, yeah, I, seven and a half. I, I think that's very, I think it's very solid. I think it's very solid. Okay. Um, that That's fair. You know, I'm, and again, coming into this, you know, this isn't one that I've that I've dug into very deep. I mean, I might have skimmed through the boot one or two times, you know, back in the day. But yeah, going into it, it surprised me a little bit. Like I really liked the the way it was constructed at the beginning. Like I mentioned that that no code vitality to versus to ten run, I think was done very much on purpose. You know, you knew you weren't going to get a lot of a lot of lost dogs at the show, being that it was somewhere they'd never played before. But I think you got enough deep cuts and like you know knowing that. You know, the no-code show was, was only a few dates away that you're getting some teases there. Some really good crowd stuff. I'm 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 in the eight, eight and a half range, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it at eight eight and a half. I think it's it was it was great to listen to. I'd recommend it, absolutely. 
Now to the opinion that really matters. <laughs> well, you um, were there. This is a lot of lightning bolt, man. We've got 33 songs and six of them are lightning bolt. I'll respectfully disagree with you here, Randy, on uh, Encore 1. Um, I know that that was a... I, I, I'm, I'm very much vibing with it. And like if you take out the title track, Lightning Bolt, like those... Uh, those five songs are that's like 1998 to me man like we're we're really getting after it there um and maybe i'm maybe just because i was on, on site for it um i think if you took out getaway and put in my tree or put mind your manners with brain of jay we'd be talking about something like really really special here for being there it was just like such a great fit for a first show for someone who I took to their first show, who was still getting to know the band at that time, not perfect. And um, of the number of shows that I've been able to go see, it's kind of, it's more in the middle. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a nine. Nine. All right. To get three differing opinions is very interesting. That usually doesn't happen. That's why I like doing shows like this, because you, you can get that, and you are open to that, and you don't feel like for, you know, a drop in the park, for example, like, well, everybody's just going to give that a 10, because it's very obvious that it deserves a 10, and everybody freaking knows it for a reason. But, yeah, they don't know Lincoln, because they know Moline from a week later, and they know from Milwaukee from a couple days after that, and they probably know uh, Denver and Detroit, too, because those were pretty big shows from this year, year as well. So this one, it might get hidden a little bit, but, uh, yeah, there are things to like. There are things to like, and I think that we hit on a lot of really, really good subject material from this that, you know, go back we probably played the songs go back and listen to the songs from this go back and listen to the boot and uh yeah it, it's here so it's all here for you next week i'm looking at the calendar here and i'm seeing a one nine in the date column i usually see a two zero in the date column but i got one nine which only means one thing where are we going john the 90s the 90s and not just the 90s this is the early 90s this is an era that i feel like we haven't really tackled in a while we haven't done a solid 1994 show in a very very long time so it'll be good to kind of swing back into this mix this show that we're going to be doing ann arbor 1994 and this is another patron request from a patron named frank and he uh, he's he won't be on the show, but we'll uh, we'll be talking about him a little bit next week. And uh, there are some things that happen at the show that are pretty notable. One is very important. The other is is very interesting. So buckle up and get ready for that one, fellas. Curtis Hames, so great having you. You oh, are a friend of the show. Thank you so much, Curtis. And you've you've hit the the legacy point of. You know, just being in the trashy six that like mm -hmm. it feels like that still to me. I, I want to go back and do that again, you know, oh, uh, the results of that were I mean, they kind of speak for themselves, but doing it at the time was really fun. Like just the experience of it, uh, the bickering, uh, the intensity, like, you know, hollering at someone who didn't vote when it was five out of six. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think seeing how our minds change after uh, seeing these songs live for Gigaton. Uh, maybe that'd be enough of a wrinkle to do it again. I, I don't know. 
maybe that's 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 a good point you can throw in there whenever that does happen we'll we'll definitely keep it in mind well uh we did it we did it we did lincoln nebraska that's right this is a key point to end the show right now and thank you all for listening in this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways we heard it earlier today. I miss you already, and I miss you always. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening to another episode of us just babble about the band that we really, really enjoy a lot. I, we have to put it out there that we're not just, you know, critics, and I don't like saying that we're critics of the band because we're really not. We're, we're fans. We're fans just like you. That's, that's why we're here. And uh, if you like the show and you want to support some fans, you can – Subscribe to us on Patreon. You can subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Give us a little five-star rating on Apple. That helps us. Helps us become visible. That's going to help. Leave a comment and let people know what you think. And maybe somebody new will tune in and say, hey, that guy over there, they like Live on Four Legs. Maybe I'll, I'll like Live on Four Legs too. This is how the community works. It works by word of mouth. Word of mouth will tell you that Ann Arbor 1994 is going to be next week. Don't miss it. We shall see you then. Thank you again, Curtis, for joining us this week. Yeah, and fuck Big Red and go Hawks. No one in that crew has a Walgreens card? Come on, guys. You know, I was at the Walgreens today. In Tulsa. And, and you know how they, they, say, um, they say, do you have a Walgreens card? And I, and I said, no, it's okay, I, I, um, I live in Seattle. And she said, oh, we have Walgreens there. And, and I was like, just trying to kind of politely get through the, unco- isn't it uncomfortable? You just want to buy some shit. Let me buy a pair of scissors and some monoglue and get me the fuck out. But I got to go through this, well, you really should have the card. And, and I said, oh, that, that, that's, that's okay. I've, I've got, well, you're going to save money, though. You got you to gotta sign up for the... She said, okay, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? She said, just, just put your name and your phone number. I'm not giving fucking Walgreens my name and my phone number. I'm just not going to do it for like a buck fifty. I like Walgreens. Well, they're fine. And I like this lady. She was big too, but she just wouldn't let me out of there without writing my name and my fucking phone number. I was like, I'm not doing so, so, uh, so I said, well, is there a place, do you know of a place around here where I could get the same things and they'll actually let me pay for them? Walk out after. So I finally said, yeah, I, I'm just in a band and I'm kind of private about my stuff. And she said, what band? And she said, oh my God, my daughter's with the show last night. I picked them up at fucking 1230 and you kept them out late. And... <laughs>